Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Shake Up. We've got something a little bit different this week. We have gone in and we've selected our favourite 10 segments from 21. We're going to count them down in no specific order. They're just good charts, funny, hilarious, things that you guys really love. So let's rip in. Number one on the list is Elsa's Wholesome Life, Ellie Bullen. We chat all things El Peachy, how we made the cocktail, how we came up with the idea and how we brought it to life and we shot it and all that kind of stuff. So jump in, have a listen. Let's talk about this little bad boy right here in front of us. El Peachy. Oh, El Peachy. I think I, hit, I think I even hit Courtney up. I was like, I knew you were friends with um, Alex and Nick, your partner and my sister's partner. Really good friends. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, she fits. You came to the markets. I was like, hey, she fits out. Like, she'd be like the influencer we want to work with. Like, she fits our mold. She fits every, like, everything we put in the products, natural, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. And I was like... How do I get in contact with her? And I sent you. I was like, I was lit. No joke. I was waiting for a bill straight off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but like, like you obviously have lots of followers. You have a big following. Your followers are very loyal to what you do. You mm-hmm. have book deals. And I was like, hey, I want to, I want to gift you some stuff. Uh, I think he came up to us. At yep. Me and Jeremy working at the markets. He had no idea who you were. And I was like, <laughs> He's like, that's her. I'm like, I'm like that's I think her. I was like, oh, that's that cool product. Let's go check it out. <laughs> yeah, and, and me and Alex had like met indirectly once or twice at um, when Nick had been around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Alex was like going to buy it. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, take some, take some. <laughs> and then you literally posted on Instagram and I was like, we're like secretly in our, like in our, uh, Work chat, me, Jeremy, Mikey, and Carissa were like, "Holy shit, she fucking posted!" <laughs> <laughs> I love the behind the scenes stories. And like, yeah, and, our, and like our website just started going, like Shopify just started lighting up, and we're like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" Like, and we just had a rip a day at the markets. We'd obviously given you product, and then from then on, um, we sort of we've done some paid collabs, mm. and then which have been awesome. Like, you do resonate with our customer really well. You your customer base really talks to ours really well. And then I hit you up and I was like, hey, do you want to do a custom cocktail? <laughs> and you were like, hell yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now we're here. I think this product's, where did we launch it? March? International it was Women's March. Day? 8th of March rings a bell, mm. I think. So we, we I kind of want to tell the story of how, like, we've, if you haven't seen the YouTube video, jump on YouTube and have a look. It is a really cool video of how we actually came up with the cocktail, but we'll talk a little bit about it. It was such a fun process. Such a – and, like, Mikey is, like – how do I explain this? He's a mad <laughs> so, he's a mad cocktail scientist. Like, he over-analyzes everything. He, like, he thinks about every detail. Mm-hmm. And he made – like, so what we did was we made all the syrups – we met up with you, or first of all, we met up with you to see if you were even interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we marked out a deal. And then we're like, righty what does it taste like to you? Like, where did the flavour profiles come for you for this? Uh, we discussed, like, flavours of what I like and, like, things that remind me of, like, childhood or my favourite things. So we wrote down, like, a big list of all the flavours I like, kind of cocktail like. So yep. I was like, you know, I like a margarita. But I like one with a twist. And I like things that are sour. Uh, I like fruity things, like... I think we've got the peach thing because we're talking about like summer fruits yep. and that sort of ode to childhood eating stone fruit. And then from there he went away and made all those syrups so that we could sort of bring something together. And I thought – I honestly thought he was going to come with like his four cocktail blends I've made. Honestly, the night before we favorite? were. What's your favourite? No, the night before we were. I like loved, we ha- we I loved had, the way it played yeah, out. we had that and then we're, he was talking to Jeremy and we're like – he's like, oh, I just want to like – 
like I want this to be like a really collaborative thing mm. and then that so he ended up staying back sorry there's a day before that night he stayed back and he made all those syrups from scratch and all the the purees and all the things that went into that cocktail and then we literally sat around for like I think it was like two or three hours mm-hmm. and just mixed up drinks it with, was so much fun with the team and we filmed it all and, and you can catch yep. Alex's yes to every yeah. <laughs> you can catch drink. Alex's yes <laughs> and we just basically harvested everyone's opinions and mm-hmm. to be honest like I, I f- like it was a pretty um Everyone kind of landed on the same one. They did, yeah. It kind of landed to that one. Everyone went, well, I think there was one before that that had one less element maybe. Yeah. And we're all like, oh, yeah. And then we added the other element. I think it was the lemongrass or the Thai basil with the pepper or something like that. And we added that in and that's when we all went like, oh, yeah, that's – like it had that deeper – A little bit of different age. Yeah, another level. Yep. And we went, that's the one. So El Peachy is a peach and blueberry sour, but – as Ellie just said, it has like the Thai lemon bars. Uh, how do you say it? <laughs> Thai basil. <laughs> Thai basil. <laughs> what and else? Lemongrass. Like you, you know the ingredients better than I. Like the lemongrass syrups, mm. like the blueberry syrup. And the blueberry was the one that Mike was saying he mixes in the was it coriander seed? But yes. You can't taste coriander, so if you don't like coriander, it's not coriander, and it just gives that deeper level to the blueberry flavor. Yeah, it's got the, yeah bay leaves, Thai basil lemongrass and then we've also got like grapefruit juice in there which gives it like its tartiness yeah and, yeah like because so it's preferred to be sweet. preferred to be served as a margarita yeah but we also tried it with so many spirits and went hey it tastes really good with all of them i love it with gin yeah that's with, I gin. Drink it with gin that's what i think alex prefers that i like both but it depends on what i'm feeling if i'm feeling like a salty rim margarita yeah or so if you're I'm a margie young. girl right i like am that's, a margie that's girl. what sold you on the sold you on the deal was our margarita it was <laughs> it was and then i found the sours and then we've kind of almost made a little bit of a hybrid here absolutely because it actually tastes good with the emirato as well it does it tastes really good and then we've got the dark and stormy with like the with the ginger beer with the ginger beer yes. in, the, in the spicer arm ellie's gonna do a little reel this afternoon hopefully on that, <laughs> so. but i think the rest i think the recipe is even up on our on our mm-hmm. website so you can check it out there Coming in at number two, we've got Red, Jessica Stewart. She's actually an employee here at Mr. Consistent. She's our graphic designer and we chat all things label for love. Um, I guess when this project popped up, like the the reason we're doing this podcast is because it is LGBTQ plus history month. You are very involved in the community on the Gold Coast and I felt like I didn't know enough about it and our marketing team kind of raised it. We wanted to do something in terms of awareness and support. Um, we have lots of people in this business, in this in this community, and we want to tell their story, share their story, share their words of wisdom, Very and so. ag- literally educate everybody, yeah. educate our followers, educate our, yeah. our fans, educate our staff, yeah, and educate just show our that families. Support and everything as yeah, well. Yeah, we, like we want to – there's a lot of history behind it, mm-hmm. um, and being History Month, we want to <laughs> want to sell the story. We want to we want people to know why it is the way it is, and yeah. why it was so hard, and why there's still mm-hmm. such a long way to go. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, as soon as I sort of heard about the fact that we were going to do something for LGBTQ plus History Month, and that I got to design this custom label, I was like, amazing! I already know what I want to do. I already know where my inspiration wants to co- where I want my inspiration to come from. Um, and it's just so important having something like this out there and especially, yeah, cause we do have so many people within this company, even, um, that are a part of the community. Um, it's rather than like feeling stressed about like, oh my God, like this whole pressure, pressure's on. I was like, I'm so excited about this. Um, yeah, like all I ever wanted to do is something creative that can help facilitate change. And the fact that this is out there and it's just amazing. Cause this um, project wasn't just like a... When we sat down, we we're like, "Yeah, let's 
do a label. That wasn't what it, that wasn't, mm. that was never the intention was to do a label. The intention was to do a campaign mm-hmm. and literally make change. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, rather than just like rainbow washing things and being like, hi, gay, sashay into a deal today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yay, buy our stuff. It's got a rainbow on yeah. it. Woohoo. Um, no, we wanted it to, yeah, actually educate and, um, and bring awareness to the community and everything. Um, and have some actual like thought and care put behind it. Um, and yeah, I'm so stoked that this is out there. Even like the back of the bottle has uh, a little bit of information and a QR code that sort of prompts um, to like a video um, where I explain it a little bit, which is kind of fun. Um, and yeah, and just the whole thing really prompts people to um, stand up, stand up, be proud, sort of do your own little bit of research and everything. Um, and most importantly, it, it puts that label out there and sort of helps spark uh, conversations, yeah. um, which is just so important. Um, why yeah. is why is this month so important, I guess, to you personally? Well, LGBTQ plus history month is just, uh, yeah, it's so important because you can't like forget your history. You can't forget how we got to where we are. Because if you, if you don't look at history, you're, you're not going to progress. Um, and it's so important to listen to queer voices and celebrate them um, and uplift them and everything like that. And especially um, especially those that have come before us. Um, so, um, yeah, with, the, with this label, I really wanted to highlight um, that well, a lot of the inspiration came from um, the sort of late 1960s, early um, 1970s, because that's um, where you got the Stonewall riots, um, which was an event that was such a catalyst for um, for the queer rights movement and everything. Um, while there were other protests and stuff before it, the Stonewall riot was such a massive one because um, police raided the Stonewall Inn, which was such a safe space for queer people um, back when it was like illegal to yeah. be to be gay. Like, was, you could be arrested just for being in drag. Literally, like, most people don't understand that. There's like in a lot of countries and s- still to this day in a lot of countries, like it's a stonable, illegal, insane. Um, arrestable, um, like it's a, it's an offense. Mm. Like what? Well, even in Queensland, it was illegal to be gay in 1990, 31 years ago, um, and Tasmania only decriminalized it in 1997 as well, which is just so strange to think about. Like it's insane that that's happened, and like in Australia, um, that little time ago. Um, and different rules. Like you were telling me before, like the consent age was 18 for queers. But straight people, the consent age was 16. Like, who yeah. gets to decide th- that there's two sets of rules for Yeah, it's like, oh, just pe- because you like that kind of, like, people, just because you like the same people, like, same gender as you, like, oh, no, you've got to wait a couple of years. You, ha- you, ha- yeah. you have a different rule to everybody else's. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But, yeah, it's things like that that um, it's so important to remember and um, and learn about and... I think through learning um, and educating and looking at history um, and raising those voices, that's how you create change. Like I feel like a lot of discrimination and stuff can come from misunderstanding. Um, there's honestly, there's this part of me and my cousin texted me the other day because she listened to the podcast with Chris last week and she's like, thanks for talking to me about me on your podcast. <laughs> and I was like, at least you listened. <laughs> she's like, I think she's like 18 or 21 hour old. She's just like, <laughs> but she's like sassy and she, like, she knows she's queer, mm-hmm. but I don't think she knows the history because it, 
there's a lot of obviously all of that history. Shout out to you, Taylor. If you listen, <laughs> hopefully you listen to this episode. Yeah, Taylor. But there's a lot of history in behind why it is a little bit easier for her in coming out and mm. being able to, you know, express herself how she wants to express it and all those kind of things. And mm. it's it kind of feels um because they don't teach you that shit in school. There's no And they should. <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's none of that history is mm. taught by any what like it's kind of suppressed all that history. It's like yeah. and unless you Except go and Scotland, do Scotland, yeah. shout out to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go and do your own research. You have mm-hmm. to rely on people for other information. There's no one out there literally just educating. There's I, like I've seen some Instagram um pages that you've shared with me mm. and some Facebook stuff and they kind of they're all doing a really good job at doing it, but there's nothing that's part of the system. Mm. that educates these people into why they are the way they yeah. are and that it's okay to be that way. Yeah, well, that's that's why, like, representation and good representation is so goddamn important. Number three, Kat Hennessy-Smith. This episode is an absolute belly laugh, so jump in, have a listen. We talk all things her coming back onto The Bachelor. We're, we've talked about The Bachelor. The Bachelor. <laughs> the, bachelor. The, bachelor. <laughs> the Bachelor a little bit. You, were, you obviously... The first time you went on there, you hated it. Why'd you go on Bachelor in Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, like, that's a legitimate, like. Well, I was just like, it can't get any worse. Like, what <laughs> What else are they going to do, do, do to me? Like, what? you know, how much worse can it get? My edit can only get better. <laughs> and um, and they it? were flying. Yeah, it actually did. And they were flying me to Fiji and paying me awesome coin to drink cocktails with a bunch of dudes. Like, I'm on. I'm on, literally. <laughs> so I'm like, why not? So I think that was definitely, um, definitely got me on there. Was it as, like, was it as, like, production scale as, like, the one in Australia? No, nah, it was, I feel like it was way more chilled because you're actually getting to spend quality time with yep. the dudes in there. Whereas, like, you see The Bachelor, like, I don't know, once. It was, like, eight, eight girls, eight guys, right, in, like, Bachelor in Paradise or whatever yeah, it is? Yeah, they, like- they bring in, like... I think started off it was like, yeah, eight or nine dudes, eight or nine girls, and then they keep bringing people in so the number gets uneven. So then they do a rose ceremony and then like Guess two people are going it home. a little bit. Yeah, so um, they kind of just kept dripping people in every few days. How'd you go um, on that one? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so shit. I, I mean, a lot of the guys I feel like. Were you on the one with, with the guy that like walked in naked or was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I wasn't. That was, I was like, yes. That's but the only no. thing I remember of that guy because he's like, he goes Kieran. and does, yeah, he goes yeah. and does like nude paintings and stuff. Yeah, so whatever. random. Yeah, um, no, I was not on that one. I was on the one before. Um, and I think I just jumped into it way too soon. So like I filmed when it went to air and then it finished and two weeks later I flew to Fiji and went straight back into filming. So my whole 2018 was pretty much Bachelor. Yeah, right. Um, And then I had to live through it through 2019 as well because it didn't air until like April and then it's like, you know, you're doing all your press and like it's just – it kind of just carried on. Um, And I guess like any guy that goes on The Bachelor, it's like, hey, how are you? Um, (laughs) So, you know, like – Handpicked. Probably not the biggest <laughs> legend. Um, so I think a lot of those guys on there, like they're kind of want a bit of cloud and they're just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, weren't my cup of tea, but I felt like they only wanted the girls that got a really good edit. So yeah, right. I was like, stay away from that bitch. And How I was do you like, know who's getting a good edit though? Like it behind the scenes, like is it they're giving this person heaps of airtime, they're giving this person heaps of airtime, they're showing this person love or whatever it is? Like, um, 
I think like you'd know by like dates. Yeah. But then like I was interviewed and mic'd the most out of anyone. Yeah. Okay. And that's because they knew I was always going to speak. I'd always say something controversial or like I would always, whereas other girls would sit there and they'd be mic'd and they'd just be like, it'd literally be like fucking <laughs> silence. Fucking snore factory. Literally. <laughs> and it's like as soon as the cameras would go off, everyone would be like, nah, 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 nah. but yeah, everyone was so like worried about getting a bad edit that they just weren't themselves where yeah, I was right. just myself on and off camera. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I went on Bachelor in Paradise, did not meet anyone. Um, and then I was in the rose ceremony and I was like, I'm not going to get a fucking rose. And I just walked out. I was like, fuck this. And like stormed out of the rose ceremony, but they were fucked. Like they honestly, like, I think I had, I think it was like, it kind of all came to a bit of a head when I was filming that that, and it's like I didn't really deal with everything I'd been through from Bachelor and I I pretty much had like a mental breakdown. Like it was fucked. I was like, holy shit, I've just been getting like death threats for six months. Like I'd I'd say something on an episode and within two minutes I'd have 900 abusive comments on my photo all like Do you still have your phone at that point? Like you still go on your phone or they take their phone? You have no phone, you have no connection to the outside world, no news. You get to call your parents once every two weeks for 15 minutes on a monitored call and they can't ask you anything. You're like, how was your dinner? What did you do to that? It's like, <laughs> you know, so it's, that was fucked. But um, yeah, so I like, I just like had a bit of a breakdown walking out of the episode. I was like, this is just all too much. Like this is fucked. You can't just get on a plane, right? They can't just like leave no. and get on so a plane. So then they, they locked me in a hotel room. They wouldn't let me call my parents. They wouldn't give me my phone. I was like crying. I was like, this is fucked. Like, just let me speak to my mum and dad. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, it was literally torture. So they locked me his hotel room for like 15 to 17 hours and then oh. I got taken in like this hostage yeah literally I got taken in this weird little cab to the airport and then when I got to like the gates to walk through then they were like here's your phone I was like fuck you guys honestly and that's yeah, hor- it was, that's a horrible experience it was horrific so I was like yeah I mean no regrets because I'm going to look back at this shit when I'm 40 and be like, fucking my 20s are wild. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't regret anything. Probably could have done things better or whatever. But, you know, you live and you learn. Number four, Ryan Fawzi, where we chat all things vodka and. Mate, I want to know more about this Ampersand because Ampersand is the shell, like the company that vodka and and gin yeah. and sit yeah. under. Ampersand Creative. So that's the that's the oh, business. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, she's getting delivered. That's what's we up. We're gonna, eat that. We're gonna eat that with our hands or Happy birthday, Bronte. Sure. Right. Okay, yeah, not against that. Thanks. Try not to eat into the mic. Arigato. Arigato Gaimas. Oh, it's good. Oh, that is delicious. The classic Cole's mud cake. Yeah, but they've just double stacked them. That's yeah, they've genius. Ju- they've chucked they them. Just put double stacked them and then they've chucked M&M's on top. That's incredible. Cole's mud cake hack. Done well. And they were M&M's. <laughs> do we have uh, established? <laughs> um any of my teeth, Tommy? <laughs> You're good. Now I'm terrified. Mate, this am- <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about Ampersand, not any more about the cake. Swear to the cake's teeth. good. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, Ampersand Creative. So Ampersand is actually the name of that end symbol. Yep. Ampersand Creative, that's Marcus and Alex. That's well, Marcus, Alex and Sean, I guess the yep. the, the business. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's a company and that's where they sort of develop yeah, all yeah. the um, that owns vodka soda. Products products under. Yep. How did the like What's the story behind that? Those guys, like we kind of know the backstory of how you got involved and how you met. Yeah. What's the story of those guys and how they ended up in the beverage world? Like it wasn't just like, oh fuck, I'm gonna 
I feel like I'd need to do a vodka. Today's like, a good day to make a RTD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so so respectively, so there's three main directors of yep. the company, Marcus Alex and Sean Rankin from Victoria. Yep. So I think each of the guys, well, I think it was Marcus and Alex who was their idea and they brought it to Sean Rankin. Yep. Um, who brought it to fruition, who sort of brought it to life from my understanding with the the canning contacts and the contacts with like gotcha like Woolly, the actual Woolies product and stuff like yeah yeah, yeah. but that respectively all the guys are working in really all high elaborate roles for um so one of them was working for Coors yep. and Coca Cola um Sean used to be the GM of Coca Cola um and yeah collectively all three of them sort of brought the brought the idea to fruition um and it was just that they saw an opportunity in the market for a sugar free RTD so obviously. Yeah. Everyone knows our drinks are all, are all sugar-free, but there was just... If they don't, now they do. Nothing, now they do. Yeah, quick plug. Um, <laughs> ever, that was it. There was just a, there was an opportunity in the market. Everything was either artificially coloured or flavoured or yep. any of that sort of stuff. So the boys just had the idea of bringing in the basics, vodka yep. soda, gin soda, the double black, that, which yep. was the original ones. They were but, loaded with sugar. Like the double blacks back in the day were like... Oh, without... It was yeah. more of a sugar, you're more sugar drunk oh than actually God. drunk. Your teeth after a session on them, mm. it's, it's terrible. I yeah, yeah, so there was like, was that the ice? Yeah. The ice that was in, yeah. Mm. Yeah, them. so the guys just saw an opportunity for a sugar-free yeah. um, alternative. So that's why they said, look, you can flavor it yourself. That's why initially it was vodka soda and whatever you want. So it was aperture opening tin, whole yep. top comes off, wedge of lime in there, fresh wedge of lemon, fresh wedge of lime. We had people dropping barocas in there like two days <laughs> two days deep and stuff, you know, like yeah, putting super dupers in, you know, like yeah, all sorts. What um, happened to the the what? Because the can used to be, like for example, the whole top of the can used to rip off. Tuna tin, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So it was like a tuna, so, yeah, tuna tin style. Yeah, aperture opening. There was an American manufacturer of the lid um, that sort of through COVID wrapped up production of the lids. Was my understanding. Yeah, um, Australian. Like in in Australia, South Australia, Northern Territory, they had already banned the lid anyway, and I think it's because of rapid in rapid intox. Oh, or yeah, I'm not sure if yeah. it was rapid intox or trash. I, th- I believe it was trash and recycling laws okay. or something like that because it separates away from it. Gotcha. Um, New South Wales were on the warpath for banning it, so we lobbied against it. Um, ended up winning it, so it was like 2019 or 20 that yep. we ended up getting it extended to. Um, but then one of the guys, Sean, saw an opportunity. He started working in the background to get the the bottle developed, which is yep. the new screw top bottle. So collectively, Marcus, Alex, and Sean brought the bottle to life. No one else on the market's doing it. So, yep. so it's just a really good opportunity to, yeah, again further develop the brand, the business, and the way consumers pick up a product, interact with a product, yeah, yeah, drink a product. Like a can's a very um, traditional way, like a beer would be served in, where the bottle feels a little bit more feminine. It's a little bit yeah. more cleaner. It's yeah, a little cleaner, bit more premium. Friend, yeah. It's really premium. So much nicer to drink out of. Um, yeah, it, it, it was sweet. But like, mm. I understand like even Colonial were using the same lids. I understand yeah. that experience with, you know, being able to smell the beer and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, incredible company, Colonial. Um, but yeah, for us, it was just a convenience of being able being able to add whatever you want. Drop, and a, then, drop a piece of lime or a lemon. And or then off you go. Yeah. Convenience piece. You don't have to take your vodka. don't have to take your soda. don't have yeah. to you leave your vodka. You know, you leave 250 mils of vodka at your mate's house because you've just taken it all. You can cut up. It, yeah, it was just yeah. convenience. But Burley Hill special. Go down yeah. there, four pack. <laughs> Where'd you lime Bang. in there? Off your pop. Coming in at number five, we've got Dominic Bedgegood. This is one of my personal favourite episodes. We chat all things Olympic Games. And then from there, 
um, Olympics. Yeah, well, Olympics. Like, was two, Olympics is like two years after two the years, Commonwealth yeah, Games? Two so years, yeah. Two years gap in between. So uh, for Aussies, it's really cool because like we have these, you know, we only have these two-year gaps between major events yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, then the Olympics came around and I was – the, the Rio Olympics was like a really mixed emotions for me because like I had gotten to the point where I think, like, I mean, I can't speak for every athlete, but like I know some athletes have felt like this, like you go into this Olympics and you think like, if I can do something special here, like it's going to change my whole life. Yeah. Like it's that mentality. And it's looking back on it. It's like, it's really dark because like I became a real prick and an asshole to like everyone I was training with. Like, I would just go in there, like, fucking hoodie on, earphones on, like, didn't want to talk to anyone, like, didn't want to, like, you know, interact with anyone, like, just wanted to train as hard as I could, go home and, like, recover. So, it was Just re- in the zone. In the zone. And, like, in the zone in a bad way. I, like, reflecting on it now, I was, like, in the zone in a bad way. And it was... It was, like, 2016, there was, like, talks of having uh, sports psychs. Yep. And I, like, had this, like, really young mentality. I was only 21. Super young. So super young, super naive. And I was, like, had this mentality of, like, nah, you know, if you talk to a psychologist, like, that means you're weak kind of yeah. thing. Like, there's something wrong with you. And so, like, I just thought, you know, I can do this all on my own kind of thing. Anyway, like, the, the experience itself, like, you know, making the team, I look back on it and I'm, like, I was so just, like, yep, like, job done, like, you know, next job kind of thing. Didn't really take time to enjoyed as much as i wanted to celebrate the win that you'd actually had exactly yeah mum was stoked and i was just like yeah like why are you so you know why are you so happy like job's not done this is where yeah I'm, i got, I got still got the games to go yeah like. still got the games to go yeah so and then you know the games itself like is a pretty crazy experience and um rio was pretty like as much as i don't know a lot of people will always ask me like oh is rio's as bad as they're saying on media like it wasn't is it was like it was a really cool experience. Like I feel like any games, like I've only been to one, but um, you know, Commonwealth Games of that scale, it's it's an amazing experience. I guess like the only bad experience I had there was like the plumbing was real bad. <laughs> and so like Well, this was like the athlete village. This it's was the games the athlete, the athlete yeah, village yeah, yeah. was like real ghetto, eh? It wasn't as like I said, it wasn't as bad as <laughs> like, they made what, it out to be. the media were portraying it. Yeah. So like um I remember as we were like landing, we were reading all these articles like swimming Australia's pulling their athletes out of it, like it's you know, it's not good enough. Yeah. And there was like shit like streaming down the walls. So the room above would flush their toilet and the plumbing was fucking shocking. That's what was really bad about yeah, it. Right. And so like the yeah, sewer crap or whatever, like would leak out the pipe and then come down your wall. So you'd just be like sitting there eating breakfast and you'd be like Oh, upstairs in a poo. Yeah, yeah. It's like move to the side kind of thing. And so the the village like organizers like, okay, guys, like, um, so the plumbing's pretty weak. Um, we're just gonna have to ask you to like not flush toilet paper. So like you're just gonna put your toilet paper in the bin next to you and we'll come and collect it at the end of the day. And we're just like, Are you fucking serious? Like, just like, yeah, shitty covered toilet paper just like sitting next to you and you know, by God, if there's like a fucking hot chili day in the in the food <laughs> hall, like Jesus Christ, runs out a bit too much like pre workout or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, you could tell. You're like, oh, you went down like the fucking like Middle Eastern section, didn't you today? Kind of thing, just like really? the hot foods, and like, yeah, it was like it was. Um, it's a th- like it is a third world country, Brazil. Yeah, it is. Like it, it, like, it it's it's it, a beautiful country. Like don't get gorgeous, me wrong. Yeah, mag, yeah. But I can't imagine the um. Like when you're sending athletes from Australia where our build, building standards and things are a lot 
a lot different to what oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah requirements. You can understand why Australian swimming team is pulling their athletes yeah, when yeah, the yeah, shit's yeah. running down I, the walls. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. very uncommon for that to ever happen in <laughs> Australia. Like, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe we should do something. <laughs> yeah, de- like definitely. And like you do feel bad because like you saw so many photos after the stadiums, like just abandoned yeah. kind of thing. And like they were beautiful um, stadiums. Like I really enjoyed my time there. Like the village was amazing. They had like, so like each uh, country has like your own block. And yeah. if you're a country big enough like Australia, you have the entire block to yourself. Yeah. And this thing has like downstairs is like a little hub area where you can all hang out. There's like a cat, like a little like cafe kind of thing, like a little food area. Um, and they like always put on kind of like games and stuff yeah. that you can do. Um, and they had like a pool in Rio. Kind of like, sounds like school camp. It, yeah. Yeah. It was like school camp, <laughs> except like there was like a lot of fucking going on. Yeah. Which I'm that's sure what I've heard. At school camp. I, but I've heard <laughs> like, I've heard that that ha- where they just like, there's just like condoms on the table or something. Oh, 100%, like, like, oh, okay. the funniest thing about you've got, Rio, a, you've yeah. got a highly, bunch of highly like strung people. Some of the most attractive people, like, yeah, some of the most attractive people you've ever seen, like in the best, like physical shape of their lives. A couple of like, You're going to tell me, oh, thanks, naughty. Let's go. Please look extra naughty. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, naughty. Can take, um, can take that one and drink it. I'll, I'll drink this espresso. Yeah. Double down to it. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, so, like, of course they're going to fuck. And it's so funny because, like, you <laughs> like you think, like, you know, like, I'm an all right looking guy. And then you see, like, the fucking Italian water polo team. And you're like, I don't know, Giorgio Armani's doing a shoot <laughs> today. Like, all, like, six foot four, like, beautiful, like, black, slick hair, like, tan. You're like, fuckers. <laughs> and like you're just like and every like like every girl is just kind of, well that's like interested is just like oh my god like you know and you're like nah, fuck I'm like four foot tall yeah and you're just like, uh, like no one's wanting me here anyway is that but, when you pulled your back your back breaking video I, out and said hey I would have been six foot but this happened <laughs> I wish the meme the meme yeah absolutely I, I would have been that. six foot if I didn't break my back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, I should I should have put that in my profile when I was like single. Um, but yeah, so like there was this these condom machines. Um, I I know in Tokyo like they got given the box so that yeah. people couldn't touch it, but in Rio it was in the food hall and it was like one of those like gumball machines. So you turn yeah. it to get it, and I don't know if they did this on purpose or if it was just a shitty machine, but it was fucking loud. Like it was like click click like real loud. <laughs> so like you could tell when someone was getting one, and like the I'm talking like the whole food hall, like thousands of people like eating. You just hear it and you're like. And like you'd start clapping for people and stuff That's like as so they're getting funny. them out, and like the people like trying to get out as quick as they can and like run away and stuff. And it dead and sounds like people. an adult school camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you're watching some people get out. You're like, you're not going to need that though, are you? I'm just judging a book by its cover. I know. Yeah, I'm sitting there like number six. This is where I stepped out as host, and Margaret Reader stepped in. We chat all things about drag up in Brisbane with Shushu Fontana. 26.55. Amazing time with nails on. Thank you. Thank you. Never made a cocktail before. And honestly, you cracked that shaker like an absolute pro. Thank you. I'm real good smacking. (laughs) I'll show you later. I'll show you later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to get more into like all things drag. Like this is going to be like, I don't know a lot about drag and I want to learn more and that's why we've got you on here is to kind of educate and use our voice to educate mm-hmm. people about drag and the drag community and the LGBTQ plus community as Definitely, well. Yeah. What, 
like personality traits that your like your drag persona has do you wish you had as you like out of drag well definitely uh i'm i'm a total introvert when i'm out of drag i'm very reserved i'm kind of quiet and uh, i suppose more sensible but when i'm a shushu i've i can put on a mask i put on this costume and i'm like a whole different person and i love it it just gets to so many things that I want to say in my head that I never would as uh, David is how I live my life. So I never would as David, but Shushu, yeah. that's going to be the first thing she says. First thing that pops into your mind is what I'm going to blurt out. Yeah. Absolutely. And actually what I find like my favorite thing, and I feel like I'm just scamming the whole world, especially when I'm doing like a bingo is my main thing. Um, say if someone gets bingo on the other side of the room and I'm like, oh, you're making me walk the whole bloody way. And I say, you fucking come over here. And everyone's like, oh, so funny. And I'm like, oh, I just get to like, tell my truth of yeah. I'm annoyed and, and then everyone's like, ah, oh, so funny because I've got a wig on. I'm like, this is great. I'm scamming you. I get to give you my worst thoughts and my rudest ways, but just kind of give it with a little, little twist, a little yeah. tongue in cheek, you know, you can get away with all of it. So definitely like the confidence speaking your mind um, is something that Shushu brings out of me that David, David's not searching for the spotlight. He's yeah. not looking to be the center of attention. Someone else's turn. Absolutely. But when it's my turn, I'm ready. I'm going to show up. Go. Yeah. Do you, like interacting like in the world of drag queens, do you guys interact externally, like out of the world as drag as your normal life as well? Absolutely. I feel like here in Brisbane, especially, we have so many lovely tight, like community friendship kind of groups. So the friends that I'm with and my very tight circle of friends, a lot of them are drag queens, but we're not friends because we're drag queens. We yeah, have genuinely have so many friends. other, yeah, so many yeah. other things in common and things we like other than we both sometimes put on a dress. So definitely in like the larger, because there's so many, so many queens now, I definitely find most of them as like co-workers. We yeah. all like, we all work at the same place. We all do the same thing. So obviously you're going to be polite and lovely and friendly, but we don't then go home and have a barbecue. And so yeah, like yeah. my other kind of really close friends. So definitely when you're out of the club, it's probably going to be a little bit like drag race and everyone's got their clicks or their, their kind of things to tell you or things yeah. to say. But I know in, yeah, in my, my immediate life, everyone's just so supportive of each other and friendly and like genuine. And we're just so happy that everyone gets to literally live their dreams. Cause that's what we're doing. We're living our dream. Yeah. Cause that was probably my next question. Like you said, is it is a, becomes a workplace mm -hmm. like a lot of time and you kind of is there does it become drama in the workplace or like because you tell said me it, a workplace doesn't yeah. have drama babe oh. tell me what yeah exactly everywhere's got Every, it everywhere has it and that's kind of like where i was going with it is like is there's obviously all different types of queens there's mm -hmm. different like what's the scope and there's like drag moms there's yeah, like right. there's people that you know there's that they look up to people like yourself who have been doing it for so long <laughs> and you're kind of giving a guiding hand and for them to learning, learn the ropes, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. I feel like definitely uh, there's so many different ways to kind of be nurtured in Brisbane and kind of there's so many different communities to fit into um, that literally anyone coming out with any performance style or any ideas, there will be a spot for you. Especially yeah. here in Brisbane, we have this amazing uh, alternative scene and more performance art um, kind of thing. There's events that's called... Alt, so ALT as in alternative. We have events that are um, solely dedicated to the POC nights or uh, solely dedicated to these like, uh, I don't know, movement changing kind of yeah. events and communities that every single aspect will have somewhere to go. Um, and I think in my community, I generally do the more theatre kind of 
production. I'm the party clown. That's what I like doing. So to me, the performance emotion side isn't really what I'm trying to sell or like what I am passionate about. Um, But there are so many other sides of drag that are expressing their communities. So definitely one of our best things in Brisbane is we have a a show called Work It. And that's run by a couple of the drag queens that literally got started in Work It. um, And that's their first ever performances and they have a little panel of judges not to rank them but just kind of offer a little bit of advice yeah so they do have the older queens in the community come and say oh that was a great great thing but maybe just do it a little bit like this a little bit like that yeah. to actually nurture them um rather than the olden days it was like having a drag mom and a drag family was because there was i suppose a lot fewer queens coming new yeah, on the yeah. scene you just have a friend and you adopted them into the group. So I was very lucky. I had my drag mother, Shaniqua T-Bone. She kind of brought me into the world um, of the Sports on Hotel, which is where I got my start um, and productions like that. So that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go into productions and plan things out and group shows. So I wanted to go that way. But there are other girls who they love the gore and they're doing like shows with blood and ripping open a stomach thing. And like, that's amazing. Go for it. That's not what I'm doing (laughs) on my show. But if you want to do these things, there are all these communities. It's just literally going out and finding it and talking to these people. And especially if you're in drag, talking to everyone's so much easier. People are going to want to talk to you as well. People are going to want to come up and kind of, see which path they want to go in. But yeah, definitely in Brisbane. So lucky. Get ready because this bit is an absolute belly laugh. We've got the 257 Collective coming in at number seven. All right. Scores are in. Times <laughs> times are in. There was nearly an ending. <laughs> Filthy, mate. There was nearly there was almost a fight. <laughs> yeah, DNF. There was injuries. There was injuries along the way. injuries. Fuck. I was about to call it Uber just before. Third place. Connor. Twenty five sixty one. Wow. Twenty five sixty one. You sit. You're in like around ninth, tenth. Oh, I'll no, go to tenth. I'll go to tenth. Yeah, yeah, I tenth. think. Yeah. Top ten, mate. Croaks. Yeah. Second. Twenty one ninety one. Thanks, mate. <sighs> Cracked at the start. Going into third. Cracked at the start. Come home strong. Third place. Here he is, Kalen Ponga. Goes into second place. And the reigning champ Thank you. stays at the Thank top. You. Well done, mate. Well done to both of you. Good. <laughs> couple winners over that side, couple losers over yeah. this side. That was um, I led too from the yeah. Uh, you did. I led, led the race. From the start, yeah. Man. Set I was, the, you set the pace, mate. That thing is the most nerve wracking thing I've done in a long time. I'm still I've played some big games. <laughs> played some big games, but my heart was racing. I was just calm. I was cool. I just took my time. Got there in the end. Boys, what do you reckon? I was rattled. I was, so nervous, <laughs> I was so nervous. I, cu- I come out of there, finger was He's hurting. He's got a band-aid got on. Got a band-aid on, boys. I've been <laughs> sucking on the freaking blood. I was rattled. I didn't get the ice on my first scoop and I was just, I was all over the shop. My mind was racing. But um, yeah, yeah. Connor? Oh, <laughs> filthy, man. Connor's I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm full of, I'm full of anxiety right yeah. now. <laughs> riddled, riddled. And I just can't believe that. He oh, lost. so bad. You riddled, riddled with rounds, disappointment. You've won. In the practice round, it's matrices. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. Okay, you did yeah. not smoke. You should be just yeah, by yeah, a second. <laughs> you got 27. No, I didn't. I got 23. With poor pause. Poor yeah. pause. <laughs> and then when it come down to it. I know. Choked. He beat us with some ordinary wins. Yeah, exactly. That first one. We don't even speak of. No. Because that was that was. But that was fun. Thank you for doing that. Thanks, mate, I'm really glad that pleasure. we did that. I'm, it was good to see how that panned out when the, when the pressure really, <laughs> really was on. <laughs> so filthy! <laughs> <laughs> so good. This this will be fun. Uh, like, if people want to learn a little bit more about you guys, like your life is pretty public. There's lots about you guys on the mm. internet. They can Google you guys and find out. But 
I, this the friendship is what I want to learn about. And I've got a few, <laughs> first few question, questions here. I can't see I'm nervous. That first question is so funny. And Who's what is it? Because I like uh, hanging out with you boys is like there's different like different uh, dynamics. Yeah, different dynamics. Layers. But yeah, but There's certain people lead one. certain things. Like this question is, who is the leader of the group? Oh, <laughs> I'm happy to say it's not me. <laughs> I'm happy to say that. I don't. It's you. I'm it's gonna like a leading. Thing. I'm gonna admit, and we're we'll both gonna agree on this. Yeah. It's Connor. Yeah, Connor's one. He's that guy that when you go to dinner, he orders food for everyone. Yeah, and I'm happy table. for him to take the reins. Right, big share thing. But he is the oldest yeah. by a couple of years. Yeah, he's like thirty. But he's got he's, he's got like the 30. most. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's not thirty. I'm you're the responsible leader. Twenty one. Yeah. Well, he's, he's the most mature out of the three of us. Yeah, I'll, I'll say well, it like that. He is thirty. Who's the that. who leads astray? I used to. <laughs> big, big, big red, big red in the corner. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to be so much worse, but I'm better now. Yeah, he's. I used right. to just be like just silly, but I think um my thirty year old mate has really helped me <laughs> with that. Yeah, thirty and single. 13 single. 13 single. 13 single, losing speed test. I've seen this before. This this would be a real good one. Breakdown. Who out of the three is the hopeless romantic? Oh, Oh, mate. (laughs) The kid. The kid. (laughs) I've never seen a bloke fall in love more. I've never seen him fall in love more. Ridiculous. Can so you can you fall in love like this. three nights a week, like on a weekend? <laughs> Just like yeah, asking for a friend, friend. Not, not yeah. in a week, yeah. like in, off in a row, in can. a row. Okay. <laughs> you know okay, when like, this is you know, <laughs> not fair. You know, this, so like, this feels ganged up, but yeah. yeah let's the, go. the other day, he like <laughs> told us that he he. Was in love and and I could we just seen through it straight away. I said, "Are you gonna do this?" No, I met. I met. It's not gonna. I just. It's not gonna last, mate. It's not gonna last. Do you know the difference between love and lust? No, he does. Lust. Yeah, I do. I do. He knows the definitions. He doesn't know the feeling. It's burly. Lust is burly. Lust is burly. Lust is burly. The BP. Yeah, the belly pad. JL. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna touch on any of that. But yes, full stop. Yes, me. We'll take it. Who's most likely to go the longest without a shower? Who's the dirty? Ooh, oh. KP, I reckon. No, I reckon Crow. <laughs> I don't reckon Crows, me. No, I'm a pretty clean individual. I reckon Actually, oh, no. Him, lad. How many ringies? Facts. Had, yeah. Facts. True. Factual evidence. That's facts. That's, That's facts. factual evidence. Right? But I can't I can't help that. So what ring what happens with ringies is Here we go. the cleanest skin. Here we go. There's Here no we germs. Go. There's Here no germs. Go. My Here skin easily gets attacked by germs. So that's what happens. I'll, I'll put my hand up for that. But he would not have a shower. And you know, <laughs> I shower. And you, know, you live with me. I shower three times a day. I shower twice. Brush my teeth Three twice, times a day. Maybe that's four. such a lot. I don't. I do it every morning after I train. Oh, yeah. After train. Night. Yeah, yeah. But then sometimes not, we do two showers. sessions a day. That's four. That's yeah, four well, showers. I'm a four, I'm a four. I'm a four a day, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm sometimes f- I'm five. So sometimes if I'm feel, these two. if I'm feeling frisky, I'm a six a day man. I like frisky. Yeah, yeah. Why? What are you doing? What, 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 what are you doing? What? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's frisky, man. The first and the that's a few shells. Holy shit, man! If you know what I mean. I don't know. Hey. Well, not not croaks then. Most likely to become an actor. Him. He was an actor. Yeah, I actually like you do like a bit of drama. Kidder. Yeah. Before you've seen the tantrum. Nearly. Walked out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Left the business. <laughs> I was like, Craig, you can have my shares, mate. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, yeah Connor. Yeah, yeah good. Connor. I'll take that. I like drama. Coming in at number eight, we've got Emma Sweeney and Maddie Jamison. We talk about all things big contracts for their rendering business, and they honestly, these two are just inseparable, and they really bounce off each other. So this is this is an amazing little segment.
Enjoy. You've literally made <laughs> like a um, – you've made a brand out of it. Like oh, it's it, so it's, cool. It's so – like, man, it's so cool to see. Yeah, because cheers, man. Thank it's you so much. Like, it is a beautiful thing to see somebody take – a, a rendering style of business, turn it into a boutique market, do really cool stuff. And then, but also, um, how do I explain this? Like people want to work for you purely based on brand and the work you're doing. Yeah. They're not just to earn money and labor and mm. those kind of things. Like they actually want to work for your business yeah. and work on the I things you want to do. I think that too, like lucky. even the team that he has, you know, I do the books on, you know, pays on Monday and all of that. Everyone that we've hired, no one smokes cigarettes. You know, I'm not saying everyone's eating fruit and yogurt for, I mean, I make that oh, for you. It's definitely days, a meat pie and a rat coffin for smoke over. No, <laughs> but, chocolate milk. you know, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm not saying you have to be professional 24-7, but if you're getting over $100,000 contracts, mm. I'm sorry, when a builder's on site or a professional developer or whatever it is, you need to have, you need to yeah. be looking good yeah. and working good. And yeah. I, I always make sure because my colour's black. All the boys are always in uniform unless we need always. to go. Unless yeah. we need to go on a high vis and we yeah. chuck the yellow and the orange on them. Like, <laughs> you look <laughs> sexy, but baby. Okay. But yeah, all the boys are always looking good. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. Wearing wearing the uniform because you're treating everyone with respect. You were like like the common thing is like renderers were at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, like yeah. and not like I feel like you kind of moved your way to the top of the food chain. You're sitting on the same level as. You know the bespoke builders, like the bespoke Aww. builders, want to work with you, that's and they yeah, want like awesome. the restaurants want to work with you, and all those kind of things. So like, and I just, I just want to pass that down. You know what I mean? Like, I want no matter what trade it is, whether you know it's a tire like concrete, mm. like I said before, those trades. If you're young and you're into it, ri- it, rise up. You know what I mean? And we need to get even younger people. You know, we need those like. 16, 17 year old kids that want to drop out of school, yeah, to jump in and not just go hang out on the streets and. Wear a bum bag, like and I jump did, on a rendering I did, yeah, I did two days of Bricky's labouring. Where there's one point that? where I like, I was like, I was jobless. <laughs> I needed money. I was yeah. like, I'm desperate. And I did two days, and I was like, I can't hang out on site with, um, like there's this like. I was working in the back of Varsity somewhere and there's, there's this negativity on site. <laughs> mm. Like it's like this yeah. like this toxic environment. We, yeah. I'm not saying all building sites like this. We like Jeremy had like his mate um, Danny is an amazing builder and he's he, all these same sort of thing as you are developing. Like amazing crew, all the workmen are really cool. They're really professional. Yeah. It's kind of like this next wave of um, tradies, I, I guess, love it. versus um, the old school, yeah, footy short wearing. Yeah. Because you talk about concreting. Um, brickies, rendering, um, even chippies, like it is a very labor intensive job yeah, and you, it's it hard takes work. a toll on, it, it is takes work. a toll on your body. Yeah. Big time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I even say to him, let's go to the gym, babe. Like I'm like, my whole goal this year is fitness. And he's like, he gets his Apple watch out and he's like, how many cows have you done? <laughs> and I've done 30 fucking Ks of walking. And then he's like. Look at that. And he just, he literally beats my calories in a day purely because he's laboring. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just physical labor. I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know if it's because I'm used to it, but like, I love being on the tools. He I love lo- being I've never, there with I've the never heard you complain. People ever. always say to me, they go, oh, mate, you're still on the tools. You're on the tools till I die. Love it, yeah. Like, oh, wow. It's okay. Get Dell. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what do you say, mate? Get- so, get rich or die trailing. <laughs> <laughs> that Dude, is so. Shut. <laughs> <laughs>
far <laughs> out. That is get rich or die. He's gonna get a tattoo like that. <laughs> when the when we can go back over to Bali, I'm getting it done. <laughs> get it done over there. It's His pure. tattoo, Lessie, will not. He's such a. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a tattoo. No tattoo. He's so tattooed. Number nine, we have Bianca Bolden. We chat about what she does for for the love. What do you actually do for? <laughs> These guys, for the love. For the love, I'm head of um, partnerships. So I basically bring in you, <laughs> Exhibit A. Mr. Consistent. <laughs> Mr. Consistent. It's business. Yeah. Um, and just brands that I feel that are aligned with yep. what we are and that are going to elevate our brand a little bit more. You know what I mean? Which yep. is the per- – you guys were – I mean, this was probably the perfect brand alignment, I think, that we've ever had. Um, we just need to work on those bloody ABBs, but, you know. ABB laws. Yeah. State government's listening. State government's bloody state annoying. State government's listening. Um, yeah, if you're listening <laughs> one, out there, mate. Let us serve one standard drink at a festival. I know. Um, yeah. We're making pretty cocktails. We're not making people. Ra- we're not here for rapid intoxication. I know. You anyway. drink this slow, too. Yeah, Look absolutely. at us. It's a time. It's a massive time, anyway. yeah. Um, yeah, I basically come up with the creative, bring the deal in, come up with the creative, um, and basically just make sure that everyone's happy. Yep. Because yeah. that's like you were marching around. Like yeah. you're on a goal, you're on a mission. Artist needs to be here, brand person's there. Yeah. Bringing like aligning like Ocean Alley turned up for an interview. You're like, mm-hmm. radio, here's some margaritas. Like you did so much hard work on the back end making sure that our product and the other brand's product ended up in – the right people's yeah, hands. Yeah, of course. The, the photo opportunities happen. Yeah. and It's not just about, obviously, the consumers. Like, mm. obviously, I want that because that brings in the dollars and brings in the revenue. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, for a brand like you, like, I guess because I've worked on the other side, um, you know, and it, we've done hair events or something when I was at Edwards & Co., I understand what the cons- what the brand that's a partner wants. Yep. And now I work for the actual head, head guy. Yeah. And, you know, I understand the... The relationship yeah. that those two things need yeah, to have. Exactly. Because it's super important. Like we like it's not for us it wasn't for us it was a lot of money as a business to get, you know, sponsor the event and then obviously send stock down and the stocks on mm-hmm. consignment and all those kind of things. But then they're all the things that make, you know, make it feel good. Like when I see Ocean Alley, like it gives us some sort of promotional material around oh we're here and then like June Rats posted our, our bar the other week and stuff like that. And then it, yeah, kinda, that's cool. it starts to make a bit of a community and starts mm-hmm. to, to get us involved in that festival community because, like, we, be, we belong in there. Mm. Like, I, I feel like as a brand, we belong in there. Especially out the back in those bloody – you belong in the riders. The VIP areas and the riders well, and all those Yeah, also things, the yeah. artist riders. Like, when we um, – I think it was, like, the Ocean Alley Day. We didn't get get around to it for the um, Fisher Day. Yeah. The Ocean Alley Day, we the girls gave me, like, the mix with the tequila and the shaker. Like, it was a vibe back there yeah. when Ocean Alley wrapped. We well, were like, all having a great yeah. time making well, margaritas. Like, Chloe, um, Chloe Fisher – Paul's wife actually came, she hit me up in the crowd because she oh. worked from around here and like we'd kind of know I each other. I remember that. And she was like, hey, they won't serve me a, um, a mocktail margarita. And I was like, you wait here. And I went and got her. I went and made somewhere to go get her like two bottles of margarita mix and whatever. And then the next minute, like her and all her friends are up there drinking. Yeah, because um, we had a few, and a stuff few of like our that. friends were pregnant. So yeah, so everyone yeah, was drinking margarita and stuff. The- so it was like, it's really cool that we got to be involved in that and like at least people know mm-hmm. about us and that we can provide those opportunities. And we want to be in riders. We want to like our customer goes to festivals. Yeah. Like, we want to be in festivals. Yeah. hundred percent. 
Metro Get him, man. <laughs> we just got to work on those bloody levels. Yeah. What's the hardest? What's the hardest part of what you do? <sighs> is it on the day or is it the lead up? Look, I mean, I guess that's different. Like in the lead up, it's just like a jigsaw puzzle. You're trying to map it all out yeah. and put it all together and everything kind of changes. I mean, before COVID, it was just organisation that would change. But yeah. now with COVID, it's even worse because it's like, fuck, there's a case. So now we're like limiting this back or whatever it may be. Um, on the day, the hardest thing is like not stopping. I guess I run on adrenaline. I get there at 8am and I pretty much finish at midnight and you just run the whole day, you barely get time to go for a shower, but then you like look and you're in your exercise clothes and you're like, go have a shower <laughs> and get presentable. You look disgusting. And coming in at number 10, Lexi Thornberry and Taylor Mellington. This was one of our most listened to episodes, purely based on we'll spill in a whole heap of tea from Love Island. Jump on and get the goss if you missed it. Little scene change. We've called Taylor. Welcome to the Shake Up Podcast. What's going on? <laughs> Why are you down in Melbourne? Yes, I'm in Melbourne. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Hi, Taylor. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> God, just I wish so, I was there. Just so everyone knows, these guys are actually friends. Like you guys talked yesterday. Yeah, like I, even though there was a obviously a um, bit of home wrecking going on in the show. and a bit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit, of, bit of this and that. Like Taylor didn't even know you existed. So. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, can't blame her. Taylor's good. But um, I guess like how did it all fold out? You guys actually became like you obviously became castmates and then you guys obviously chatted outside of this and um, how did it all happen? Like do you just go, oh, fuck, common ground is Ryan's a dick or is it like <laughs> but you, you were still with Ryan or is it just like, oh, well, we're gonna, I've got to deal with him but she's nice and I like her so no, let's be friends. me and Taylor don't bond over like – <laughs> like I think me and you became friends in the villa and you know like because who really cares I don't have any yeah we were just we got along like I remember I was so nervous like walking in I was freaking out and like I, I'm like blind so when I walked in I couldn't see Lexi I'm like oh my god where is she like trying to squint so hard to see where she was and then I saw she was sitting down because I expected her to be standing but no, and then we spoke and it was just fine and, like, we just got along. And, but, yeah, no, there's definitely no, we don't bond over Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what was your experience like on the show? Like, we've just sort of, run, I guess, um, run through Lexi's time on the show and, like, she obviously went on there with no intentions at all, like, not for monetary value, not for clout, not for sort of anything, yeah. but just jumped on and wanted to be a part of it and saw opportunity how, how was your experience and I guess what was your reasoning behind getting on the show and how did how did the how did you end up on there well to be fair so I was saying this the other day on my stories I went and seen a psychic at the start of the year and she's kind of like oh my god I see like doing reality tv or something like that and I was like oh take my piss like as if <laughs> and then all of a sudden I like came up on Facebook to apply and I was like oh like, it was literally midnight. I was in Ballarat, like, nothing to do. I was like, I'm just going to do it as a piss take. So I literally just applied, like, taking the piss out of myself, nothing serious. And then my friend, I was flying back to Gold Coast, and she's like, like, make sure you checked in. And then I looked through my emails, and I never checked my emails. And there was a thing, like, saying, oh, you've got through, like, 
um, now send in a video. And I was like, oh, and then it just kind of kept going from there. So that's like, how weird is that? Like just so weird and so many like coincidental things just like kept coming up for it. So then I kind of just kept going with it. But, yeah, no, I literally didn't think I was going to get on. It was kind of just a joke and then I got through. So you went through the audition process. Um, so it's yeah, like yeah. in a room and you, all those kind of things. Was there a moment when they yeah. like called and were like, asked Lexi this before, I was like, was there a moment when they called and were like, filled with like anxiety of like, yeah, you're on and you're like, holy shit, now I've got to commit or is it like pure yeah. like, I'm, I'm just going to go for it? Or when they called me and they said you're on, I literally was at like I was working at the time and I was just like, I feel like I could throw up. I don't even know if I want to do this. Like, what am I doing? But no, I was excited. Like, I literally just didn't think too much into it. Like, I didn't have any expectations or anything like that and was just like, I'm going to go and hopefully enjoy myself. And if I find someone, good. But if I don't, it's not the end of the world. Is what it is. What did you do for work before you went on? Um, I worked in the tra- I work in the travel industry. And you just resigned or you said, I'm going on a – however week holiday i'll see you when i no, um <laughs> no i they knew like they had to sign things yeah, and whatever else so yeah they were they yeah just were strict didn't couldn't tell anyone or anything like that yeah gotcha yeah, yeah. probably like there's heaps of questions in here obviously of how things unfolded but i guess the, the question probably around asking is like if things had a been differently you've gone into would would you have changed any of your experience or done anything different knowing what you know after the show to for be either fair, of you actually for either of you hell yeah <laughs> i would have covered up with nick <laughs> oh god no for me i probably just would have like as much as shit as it's been like coming out and things that have happened like, I am a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, so I'm glad I know everything I know now and definitely just, like, a lesson to kind of pick up the red flags and take them, like, kind of, yeah, I guess. When people are waving. When people are waving them, listen to them. Oh, my God, I know. I should have. I really should have. But I was just going off. I do want to base my, my like, thoughts and things off everyone else I was just kind of going off what he was showing me telling me and I was just going giving him I guess the benefit of the doubt but yeah I feel your sister (laughs) that's today's episode I hope you enjoyed it you know the drill like subscribe leave a review go show the shake up some love and stay connected don't forget you can watch all of our episodes on YouTube also jump over to our shake up cocktail gang Facebook page where you can find out who's coming up on the podcast and if you've got questions for them I'll ask the bloody questions you can also use the code SHAKEUP for 10% off on mrconsistent.com.au thank you so much for listening and just remember shit that's fresh